All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Aaron Wexler, and welcome to another episode of Within the Game. Within the Game is all about how to treat your craft and your life like a game so that you can stay inspired, have more fun, be the best version of yourself, create better results, and lift everyone up around you and find fulfillment both in and out of your game. And today's guest. This is a long time coming, man. It's the one and only Quentin Q. Williams. Q, I'm a huge fan of you, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for being here, bro. It's a pleasure, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> right on, man. Q, you're a mental performance coach for men and athletes, and you became a Gator Bowl champion as a two-sport athlete at North Northwestern University, where you hold a master's degree in sports management. You're a coach for Athlete Soul, an official provider for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Behavioral Health, and the founder of your coaching program, The World Class Method. Q, once again, thanks for being here. I'm just going to mention your social media. Your IG is at QWilliams underscore underscore. Did I, did I get that correct? That's right. Yep. And your website is www.q-williams.com. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like to jump in right away. This is the first thing I ask everybody who comes on the show. Inspired living, Q, what does that mean to you? What does inspired living mean to you? Man, it, it means like waking up and like getting right to your life. Let's go. Like, you know that feeling? Like, because we all know the feeling of like waking up and like checking out our phone or like having things that we got to like, you know, respond to, like. An inspired life is where like I wake up and I get to do this. I get to show up for this. I'm rolling out of bed like right away, you know, and that's what inspired living is, man. Man, I love that, man. I love that. And I was telling you before we started, man, I, you know, this whole idea for the show, I started in the pandemic, but I, I've been looking and reaching out for people that inspire me and you inspire me, man, because of many different things, but because you took your athletic career and the the identity as an athlete and now you're sharing all this vulnerability and authenticity about how you are how you are living that inspired life right I mean that's just that's so cool to me man well yeah I mean that's the other component of like inspired living is like I've always been an open book man like mm -hmm. I've always like and people have told me that I've always led from authenticity um I think that's the only way to lead I don't mm. really see how you can lead. I think anything that's not leading with authenticity is leading with manipulation or trying to control things and have it be your way. I think authenticity opens the door for real true self-expression for everybody to feel like they're winning in the game. Man, um, for the listeners, I encourage you guys to check out Q's Instagram because that's kind of where you like you let loose on your own authenticity and your vulnerability. And it's really dope, man. It's really cool how you share, you know, certain aspects of what's going on in your personal life and, and how you can help others. Right. And um, I was, I was hoping you could tie in vulnerability to authenticity because they seem to go hand in hand. They are, man. I mean, I think that, you know, especially the men that are out there, you know, I think everyone struggles with vulnerability. We all do like in relationships, meeting someone new, um, in a corporate environment, especially, you know, like it's, it's, we have this fear around like being ourselves, um, right. and being authentic. Why? Um, and I think, the sorry to interrupt you, but, but why, why do we have a fear about that? 
well, we, we have these fears of like being rejected, you know, and, um, you know, like our, our society has like systems and processes and those have been applied super well in the industrial revolution. And, you know, like we are pack animals, you know, at the core. So obviously like we want to be a part of a pack. If we're not part of a pack, you know, like we're kind of on the outskirts, we, we risk dying. Right. Mm. But like, so it's, <laughs> it's like a deep innate fear that we all have just kind of within us to be accepted, to be loved, to be appreciated because that sense of worth, that sense of value allows us to know that like, you know, I'm not going to be alone. Therefore I have a better chance of survival. Well, I mean, authenticity is like knowing who you are and actually expressing it and actually being it right. So many people walk around with a mask on trying to present a part, present, you know, looking good, looking cool, looking a certain way. Um, and that's not authentic, right? Right. Like, right. The worst, the hardest part is that that actually like, it's a weight, right? You're carrying two identities. It's like telling a lie and having to keep the fib or the lie going everywhere you go. Everyone you talk to, you're, you're trying to manipulate the, what you're saying to fit this narrative. Right. So it's exhausting. Like <laughs> yeah, it I'm, I, I, my whole life I've been like, why would I not just tell the truth? Like it would be so much more exhausting to have to think about how I'm going to change this and keep the story going. So authenticity, you know, it, it just feels natural, right? But I, I think that where it takes a bit of a, a turn for a lot of people is when it comes to what most people consider vulnerability is a pretty small net within authenticity. It's usually the parts of ourselves that are the shadow. This episode is brought to you by new sponsor of the show, Ready Fit Go. Ready Fit Go is a new meal prep company based out of Hermosa Beach, California, and they offer delicious and nutritious pre-made meals that cater to everyday people, athletes, and entrepreneurs. If you're like me, taking time to go to the grocery store, cook, and do meal prep in a healthy way can be a challenge. Ready Fit Go provides a great solution to this challenge as they offer over 70 options from hot meals to salads to desserts to snacks, and they offer a wide range of choices for all types of diet needs. Ready Fit Go is offering within the game listeners 30% off their entire menu. Go to rfghealthyfoods.com and use code GAME30. That's capital G, lowercase a, m, e, the number 30 for the discount. Also, if you are near Hermosa Beach, you can check out their store in person to see all their options. They are located at 1025 Pacific Coast Highway in Hermosa Beach, California. Thank you, Ready Fit Go, for sponsoring the episode. Let's go! the parts of us, maybe not that, that are just like really happy or our life's going really well, but actually the parts of us that maybe we, we aren't so proud of the parts of our past that maybe we haven't forgiven ourselves for. Mm. Right. And so this is the shadow version of ourselves that, you know, it, it, it it's, it's the shadow of all of our positive qualities, all of our amazing Right. And so, you know, when it comes to authenticity and vulnerability, vulnerability for most people, it, it relates to that shadow. But I actually I actually categorize authenticity and vulnerability as the same thing. Like they're, they're right. exactly the same thing. Vulnerability yeah. is not just about the negative emotions or the negative parts of yourself or the shadow parts. Um, vulnerability is also about like being joyful and being fully joyful. Let's go. One of the most vulnerable things is to show up and be joyful. 
you entered this call before we started playing music, <laughs> vibing out, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. playing the outcast. I, I came in like, imagine if I would have came in and been like, yo, turn that, turn that crap off. <laughs> like right. what, right. what is wrong with you? Right. You know? Right. That'd be vulnerable. Like you'd be like, oh man, I, I, I had my heart open over here. You know, right, I was right. like vibing. I was in my zone. I was flowing. And man, to do that in front of a stranger or to do that in front of someone you don't know, you risk, you run the risk of like, you know, being hurt by that. Of course, mental toughness comes into that, right? And, you know, we, we, you know, we also don't want to rely on other people's perspectives for our own sense of worth and our own sense of happiness. But I mean, what a vulnerable thing to do is, is, to, is to really be yourself and be happy openly because there's a, there's a part of us internally that, fears that it'll go away you mm. know it fears that tomorrow we won't feel that and mm. i think one of the most vulnerable things we can do actually is is be truly joyful be truly ourselves and happy let's go yes you know? man i've i've struggled with that myself you know I, i'll share super vulnerably and openly and authentically on this podcast right because right. right? like a lot of my life um it was hard for me to be like truly happy and joyful and joking at home. Like my home life just didn't feel like that was like the place. Um, and so when it, when I came out into the, you know, I'm coming out in the real world. Like I think about like being really happy. I worry that someone's going to like come and like undercut me or like find a way to like poke at that or like pull it down. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that. Right. Because, you know, we're human nature. Part of human nature is like when you see someone doing well, I'm not there. So how can I pull them down to my, my level? Right. Or at least, you know, like down towards here, like that's, that's a little too much for me. That's a little too self-expressed. Dude. That's a, that's a little too dark. Even it's a little too dark. You're sharing too much of yourself. Q don't do that. You're sharing too much of your vulnerabilities. Don't do that. Same thing, right? Like that there, some people are just stuck inside a comfort zone of just neutrality, but they don't want to go up or down. They don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see you fail either. Cause they're like, oh man, that would be so terrible. Oh man, that's too good. Wow. Wow. It goes both ways. That's really deep, man. That's super relatable too, right? Cause even my whole thing, like I immediately, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about my whole stay inspired, right? The whole idea of inspired living. And, you know, a couple of people, most people really dig that, but there's a couple of people that are like, yo, man, what, who are you to think you're just going to be inspired all the time? You know, like, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a trip, right? Cause it's like, mm -hmm. that's not what I'm suggesting. It's not like stay inspired forever all day, all day long. It's no, it's like stay on the path right it's the it's a pathway it's it's a it's a trajectory right um but i think you're totally right and i think i think um you know especially athletes right like i think athletes are expected almost to feel like fired up like a champion all the time right and i think right. that's really unrealistic you know right. there's there's a there's a big up and down you know emotional wave <laughs> right being an athlete actually i it's kind of what i want to get into next with you um playing off the idea of identity and you know i was i was telling you before the show i i was watching your highlights of of the gator bowl 
and you got that really cool pick six. And uh, um, I want you to I want you to talk about your identity as an athlete. And what I talked about last week, actually, with our buddy Jay, Jay Barnett, yeah. and mm -hmm. what he was talking about with this pressure to perform. Right. And just see if you can tie that together, the identity as an athlete, the perfect, the uh, this pressure that we feel <clears throat> that that we have to make these performances. And we, you know, and then we go on this like emotional roller coaster with all that. Yeah, man. Well, I'll, I'll tell you from my experience, I think that um, if you become a, an elite athlete, you've probably experienced some failure along your path. It was probably early on in your career. Like I know when I was like seven years old, the coaches thought I had a good arm, but I couldn't control the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I couldn't figure out where to, where to throw the ball. Um, but as, as I refined that craft and refined that craft, like, like every year I got better. Right. And every year it felt like I, I faced new competition and thankfully I was able to rise to that cream of the crop. And I think the longer you go through that, the long, the more easy it can be to get your identity tied up in what you've done, what you've mm. created, how you've been able to evolve. And I think, you know, the best guys separate their their worth and their value from that and they understand that like this is these are qualities that i can take anywhere to do anything um, with any given skill set i have more than just the skill set to throw a fast pitch or you know tackle big people or whatever it is but um so the best people can separate that early on but most of us do get our identity caught up in what we do we do it right now right. like you know aaron the podcast host aaron the author right like I do the same thing. Like I'm a men's coach. Right. But I also, I have the wherewithal to know that like, there's some core components of me that no one can ever take away. No one can ever change. No one can shift. And I think that's one of the most empower, empowering things is coming back to the part of ourselves that has always been there. And if you want, we want to get spiritual, you know, that, that comes back to the soul and the spirit of us, right? The core that we, we came here with that we're going to leave with. Right. And um, so I, I, I think when this comes into the pressure to perform um, and the pressure, you know, like in athletics, I think that we all, you know, if you've reached that pinnacle where you've you've been doing so well all your career, you've gotten better and better and better. And every time you face, you know, a new challenge and you rise above it, eventually every athlete reaches a breaking point where they decide they need to retire for me it was like i had a tryout with like chicago bears i didn't make it i wasn't the guy that was going to like keep going and pressing forward but for the first one of the first times in my life in years i was experiencing failure mm -hmm. right now thankfully i didn't put too much pressure on myself to make the nfl right like there wasn't like this big lifelong vision of mine like like a lot of guys it is sure but um so I, I think, you know, when you don't have as much pressure on the thing, if you don't have so much attachment to the thing, if you know that you are worthy and capable and you have an identity outside of your sport, you know, you can perform way better. I've actually found right. that in the programs that I lead um, with current athletes on building their life beyond sports. It's, a, it's called Beyond Sports. It's actually a free scholarship program. It's currently free. Um, it's scholarship through a organization called athlete soul which by the way we got to get you out to one of their events um, would love two to. weeks in la cool um and um 
yeah, so we put on this 10 week program where we help athletes really redefine like their identity and really come back to their core. And in doing that, we teach them all sorts of emotional intelligence practices, how to, you know, go. Fall, fall into flow, like yeah. just run, like let it go and run your race, trust your preparation, those sorts of things. But those sorts of things, like as it ap- applies to life, right? And somehow, some way, it turns out every time we run this program, athletes tell us that they've PR'd because of these tools. Cool. They're running, they're running the fastest they've ever run. And I'm like, wow, this is this is pretty cool that your life beyond sports and having your identity and your life going and working outside of that takes less pre- takes less pressure, you know, when it comes to your sport. So and cool, man. Yeah. With less pressure comes better performance. Right. Okay, so this is great. I love that we're talking about this. Um, you mentioned the core of who you are, yeah. you know, and, and we don't have to get too spiritual, but I, I did tell you that this is kind of where this podcast is, has been heading is the exploration of the separation of like ego and your true self, yeah. right? And I think that's really <clears throat> powerful, uh, especially for any athlete listening to this and, and who's curious about that. What does that mean? What does he, what does Q mean by the core of who I am? Right. Because like I, going back to identity, we, we are, it seems like society that kind of defines us by what we do. Right. We, yeah. we're a Gator Bowl champion. We're a podcast. It's <clears throat> just like these, these labels, but again, that's not, that's outside that's external. Right. So could you explore a little bit more about the core of who you are and how people, how we can get back to that place. Right. Well, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert in this, in this thing, but there's, there's, there's this saying called as above, so below. Mm-hmm. And so I would say the same thing applies to, you know, our external environment, what we show up as, how we express ourselves, what we do. Mm-hmm. It's all an expression of our internal environment. So I want you to take like, for instance, like, you know, a tree, you see a tree, all you can see is the, you know, the, the root structure going into the ground, but you can see like the trunk and you can see the, the leaves, you can see the fruits that come from it, right? Think of our life in, in a similar fashion, right? Like I'm wearing the shirt, I, you know, I'm talking these words, I'm, I, I've done all these things, those are the fruits of my life. But if you really go into the roots of the tree, that's currently unseen, I can't see that. There's right. an incredible and beautiful root structure that actually takes the same shape and form as the above, right? Mm. In order for this to stand strong, you need deep and wide roots. And so as above, so below. And um, I love that. Yeah, you and you you can't you're gonna have a very flimsy tree if you don't have deep roots. I've been playing around a lot recently with like this idea of of patience and trusting like when you plant a tree these days, that that tree needs to form its root structure before it's going to start growing, right? right. It needs right. to know who it is. It needs to know that it's grounded, that it's it's steady before it can really rise, you know, and blossom. And I think that that's really the case for us as humans too, when it comes to, you know, our our, our true self and our true spirit. Our external world is just an expression of our internal spirits. Mm-hmm. Right. And how strong and how flimsy or how flimsy our life and our, our, our results are is based on the depth of our, our roots. So, so well said. Yeah. I love that. And, and so I love that. 
for me, it's, it's really all about coming back to that core. So when someone says like, what's, what's this core, what's this like party that's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a feeling, you know, yeah. like it's kind of indescribable, but everyone has this part of them that has always been there that they can identify with. It's, it's you, you know, it's you without the body. It's you without the titles. It's you before you were born. You know, it's just you. And there's something unique about each and every one of us. I'm not saying we're all snowflakes and we need to be treated like we're special, but we have a special and unique purpose and a unique gift. And so I, I try to help athletes and men, everyone I work with, um, come up with like their core identity. Mm. And you don't have to come up with it much. You just, you just kind of feel into it, right? Like what is... What does my core always want to do in every situation, no matter where I'm at? Right. right. Man, I really resonate with this because uh, for me, it reminds me of your inner being. Yeah. I bring up uh, the teachings of the teachings of Abraham quite a bit on this show because I'm I'm really I, I just really resonate with the teachings of Abraham. Are you familiar with Abraham? A little uh, bit. Yeah. Channeled through Esther Hicks, it's a, yeah. kind of a mm -hmm. spiritual um, totally. way of thinking, but it's very pragmatic. It's not outlandish. And it's all about the law of attraction and, and being true to who you really are. They say that a lot, who you really are, not your ego, right? right? And, and especially right. sports, man, sports and winning, this whole idea of winning and being a champion, it's great. I have no, I, I love winning. I love right. being a champion. Right. But there is, the, there is a, um, a fine line of not being too, 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 like identifying with those words or those feelings too much, right? Because those are only outcomes. Right. Those are only outcomes. They're not right. who you really, really are. Right. 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 And I think a lot of us see those outcomes as like proof or evidence right. of our, you know, it's our true self embodied, our true self realized. It's evidence that our true self is there. Right. 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 And that that's that's why sometimes, you know, you'll find some people will reach like the pinnacle of their sports career. Like I've had clients like this that reach, mm -hmm. you know, the podium and they're like Oh, this is great. You know, I just won. I'm a, now a national champion. I'm an all American. But now what? Right. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't feel it. You know, I, I mm. it doesn't feel like I thought it would. And and now what? And I think the difference between that and inspired living, like an inspired athlete, is, um, is knowing why you're doing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, because your why comes from your core, comes from your deepest sense of being, not from some external validation or external need to prove myself. No, that like any results I have are simply an expression of my inner core, uh, ideally. But I think a lot of athletes reach that pinnacle, and they've been mis they've been misguiding themselves. They've been mm -hmm. guiding themselves based off of what they think is going to find fulfillment instead of you know using their inner compass, right? And, and so I think true fulfillment comes from really knowing what that core is and following that and letting that be, letting whatever you do and however you do it be an expression of who you truly are. That's where alignment and fulfillment and all these amazing buzzwords we talk about come into play. Totally, man. Totally. Okay. So, so how, okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, okay, I agree with you. And yeah, it sounds great and all that, but how, how do we get there? 
let's talk about some tools for a little bit. I mean, the couple tools come to my mind are meditation, getting quiet, right? Um, taking some alone time and and really doing some self inquiry. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Talk talk more about some tools that you use in your coaching and and stuff that has helped you personally. Yeah. Well, you know, vulnerably, authentically, um, we talked about this a minute ago. Two months ago, I got out of a relationship, and I believe relationships, you know, intimate relationships especially, are our biggest and greatest teachers. Mm. So in isolation, we all need isolation. I think especially guys need, need some isolation, some alone time, some me time. That's why we have man caves, you know? Mm -hmm. We need that. Like, mm -hmm. we, we all want that and need that. However, um, we can't live in a cave, and that doesn't do anybody any good. And... Um, the real growth, um, you know, we have to enter back into society. So, so in relationship, we find so much growth. And so in my relationship, I found so much growth, five years of growth, five years of being on a growth journey with another human being who is also incredibly emotional, intelligent, incredibly growth oriented. Um, however, what happened was we split up. And I had the opportunity, I had the option, of course, in that moment, I could continue on this growth journey, see this as an opportunity to grow and learn and look at myself in the mirror. Or I could do what just about any, you know, most guys would probably do, right? Like the typical guy would probably go out, go sleep with a few more women, you know, like go binge drink, go, you know, smoke some weed, right? Maybe go work tirelessly in their business or at work and just find some coping mechanism to numb away the emotions and the, the darker parts of themselves that they don't want anybody else to see and they damn well don't want themselves to see. But I decided not to. I mean, thankfully I don't really drink, I don't really do any of those things, right? I, I sometimes work pretty hard so if I have an addiction, it's probably to work, right? <laughs> but right, right. I've really had to remove myself from even working, you mm. know, and really allow myself to experience those things like getting quiet, like meditation, like yoga, right? Um, come back to those practices and come therefore come back to myself. So mm. like you asked me what the tools are. The first tool is awareness that you're numbing, right? First tool is like noticing that you pick up your phone right when you wake up. The first tool is noticing when you're going too fast and you're exhausted and you're, you're burnt out, right? That's the first tool is the awareness. Anything else is icing on the cake hmm. where you can then train that muscle to be aware and flip the switch, be aware, flip the switch. That's all we're doing in meditation anyways. Meditation is not about like, it, it's you, we're just training the muscle that gets off track, you know, starts thinking about like my to-do list and comes back to this, you know, starts thinking about that dog over there, oh, comes back here. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's all meditation is. And so the more we can train that, of course, the more we can get really in tune, like you said, with ourselves, get quiet and really get in tune with ourselves and know ourselves. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different tools I use. I think, I think breath work is a really powerful tool. Um, either in the short, short bursts of just kind of getting you clear for the day. I do um, a priming technique that Tony Robbins, uh, you know, coined. It's, mm -hmm. it's just like some really simple breath work, um, three rounds of it. it takes 
three minutes and I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone and then I, and I pray and I meditate and, um, that's my practice, but like I've gone through millions of them and it's not about finding the practice. It's just finding actually like the next practice. Cause it's like, there's always something new to learn. There's always like a new season of life to enter into and to expect yourself to do all of these things. Forget about it, dude. Right, right, right. right. Forget about it. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that comes on here and says like, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Um, if there is like a simple kind of all inclusive thing that I do, it is, it's, it's actually something that I picked up from my pastor. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm spiritual. I'm not necessarily Christian, but I I have gone to a church for several, several months. And Mm -hmm. this tool really resonated for me because it kind of brings a bunch of things into like one, it kind of packages everything into one thing. And it's a prayer format. He calls it, his name's actually, um, uh, Miles McPherson. He played for the chargers, uh, like all American cornerback for the chargers or, or in college. And, um, he's an amazing pastor. He's, he speaks the word so incredibly well. Um, his concept is called OSIPA, A-W-C-I-P-A. And that's a, you know, that's a, whatever you call it. It's a, it's an abbreviation or whatever that is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it starts with um, acknowledgement, um, like acknowledging and being grateful, right? So, so calling in all the things that I'm actually grateful and not just saying it, but actually feeling it, like actually like allowing myself to be like really grateful that I have a space to live right now. Like really grateful. I'm, I get to talk to Aaron today. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, not, I don't just say it, but I actually feel it because writing it down or just saying it does, doesn't do much at all. It's really about like bringing my, my, my energy into that and giving my all to that. Second step is uh, wait. Like it, it means just like sit in stillness, let God, let your true self speak to you bring you some sort of message. I'll sit there for like five minutes. Doesn't have to be long, you know, but I'll, I'll sit there for a little bit and I'll just get clarity, you know, I'll just find a way to trust myself in that moment, trust some message that came to me. And I think we never, we, we can't get that unless we actually sit still. Mm, Um, Love that. We wait, we wait. We, I think in waiting, we have to let go of control. You know, as athletes, we we would rather be in control and know where we're going and know what the playbook is. Right, right. This this is tapping into the opposite, which is the surrender and waiting for something to come to me. Um, It's more that feminine energy. So that those are the first two steps: acknowledge and then wait. Um, C stands for, I believe, confess. Right, but I don't take confession as like a like a sinful thing. I think of it as like what's not working in my life. Mm. Like, Like what is what has not been working? What what more importantly, that did I just get in my knowledge that, you know, hasn't been working. Like, if this is the message, then what hasn't been working to help me get there or help me embody that? So maybe it's procrastination, maybe it's overthinking, maybe it's not trusting myself, things like that that aren't working. So I ask myself that every morning. That's the third thing. Um, and then um, I believe I is um, insight or it means it, it means pray for other people. So it's mm-hmm. like, start to visualize the kind of world I want to create. And just cool. just notice as we're going along this process, we're talking about like all these buzz buzzword topics. Like we're talking about gratitude is the first one. We're talking about meditation is waiting. We're talking about um, confession. It's just like taking note of what's not working. That's, that's a common mindfulness practice. 
And then now we're, now we're praying for like the kind of world we want to create for what we want others to experience. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's just like, that's vision oriented. That's service oriented. That's something we all should do like often. And then, um, the last piece is, well, the last two pieces are pray for myself. Like, what do I actually want? What do I really want to cultivate today? What am I asking the world for? Right. Cause I'm going to give and I'm going to receive. Right. The last piece is, is just end it with some acknowledgement. So come back to that gratitude and just drop into, you know, and, and, and by the way, all of this takes like, it could take five minutes. It could take seven minutes. It's not yeah. a long practice. Um, but it, you know, it started as, as 15 minutes. It's now about like 15, 20 for me, right? Like I kind of, I like to sit in it. I like to really indulge in this and enjoy it because it really connects me. So that's, that's, that's a simple practice man. I like to use. And it, it, it really encapsulates everything. That's beautiful, bro. It really is. It, it reminds me of calibration, calibrating yeah. to who you really are, calibrating to the best version of yourself, calibrating to the path that you want to go on, right? Um, so I love that, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to kind of move into the whole idea of the, um, that. remember that phrase, man up, that we were talking about? Yep. I, I want to get there. But before we do, you know, I, I, I'm curious, Q, how you started this path. And I want to make this relatable because a lot of athletes, you know, when they go through their athletic career, um, this, this inquiry that we're talking about here, this, this mindfulness, this personal development kind of, who am I? This, this question, right? Who am I really? What am I really about? What is my why? Right? That's what this conversation really is. How did that start for you? Where did you find that? Was it like during sport? Was it right after? Was there was there like some trauma that happened that you were like, hmm, I got to really dive deep into myself? That's a good question. <laughs> and while you're thinking about that, the reason why I'm asking that is because I found it kind of in the middle of my athletic career uh, in college, and it confused me. I, I became confused because I'm like, wow, there's so much going on in 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 me right there it's my spiritual self it's my my personal growth it's i felt i felt like this this starting to happen i'm like whoa what's going on here but it i wish that when i went back if i if i could go back i could just be like dude keep exploring this but it doesn't have to be confusing it can be beautiful it's joyful like you said it can be a beautiful joyful experience of self-inquiry right right and i i think that there's this is this is my perspective. Um, I don't take this to be absolute truth, but my perspective around this is, for instance, I don't watch sports actually. Like <laughs> I'm not a sports fan. I okay. really never have been, um, because I think that sports fan implies that I'm a fanatic, <laughs> okay. that I'm obsessed with something outside of myself versus mm. living my life and having that be an expression and a celebration of who I am and what my gifts to the world. Right. I, I, unfortunately, I think we have, we have a lot of people that like celebrate and, you know, postulate, uh, or, um, like sports characters and allow themselves to avoid their deeper purpose. Right. And so I think that there's actually a step of maturity that every man needs to, you know, invoke and realize that they've been giving a little bit of their emotional power away to their, their favorite sports team or their favorite coach, right? And, and you know, there, there have been coaches in my life that I think are still in this stage, right? That 
love the game so much. They're still playing the game, basically still coaching. They're still immersed in the sport and they haven't really found the deeper meaning for why they do it. Right. 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 Like right. They're, they're really just out there playing as kids. And I think that's beautiful. Right. I, I, I want to acknowledge that. I think that's beautiful, but you and I are playing around right now. Right. Like you and I are in a sandbox. We're having fun. And there's a real deep meaning behind why we're doing it. And so for me, I think that I reached a point in my athletic career where I don't know, man, like, I mean, sports was always like something I was really good at and I naturally evolved in, but I never really let it be my identity, thankfully. And I don't know where that came from. Maybe Hmm. that was just my upbringing. Um, I don't know. Like I I just had interests outside of sports. I had things that I, that I, that I clung to and I I loved and I, I really knew who I was outside of sports. So like the transition didn't bother me that much. And I don't know if I ever had like that turning point where I somehow like matured Mm. into like having a deeper mission. But I will say when I was in college, my final year at Northwestern, I learned, well, I knew I wanted to like go into startups and I wanted to start a business and I wanted to be a part of something bigger than just myself. And I want to do something different. So I interned at a couple startups and my senior year, I was in a master's program in sports administration. And I was in there thinking like, I'm never going to work in sports. I don't want to work in sports. Like Mm -hmm. I've had 17 years of my life caught up in sports. Let me go work in music or film or something. And lo and behold, I learned about the concussion problem in that sports managing program. And I realized, oh shit, this is a problem. No one's really addressing it. And it's in my lap now, wow. you know, I wow. can't not, I can't not look at it because no one else really is. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. So let's, let's get to healing in a second. Cause I want to have a whole section on, on, on that, on concussion. Yeah. And then emo- we'll get back to the emotional mm-hmm. stuff, but, but let's, let's go back to that whole idea of man up. Cause that caught my attention on your Instagram, you know? Um, and you hear that in sports all the time, man up, man up, let's go. Oh, you're hurt. Let's go man up. Yeah. You know, um, I would like for you to talk about what that phrase means to you and how you talk about really it means step up. That was your post, right? It may not really mean step up. But if you could tie that into finding the flow, because that's where my interest is, right? Because that goes to inspired living. If you can find the flow, I to me, and and I'll ask you this question too, is it something you can practice? Can you practice finding the flow or does it just come? But for me, yeah, but for me, I think you totally can practice with all these tools and with conversations like this and with self-inquiry like this, you can find it. Um, But yeah, so, so, so try to unpack all of that and take this, take this to a place of stepping up and finding the flow. Yeah. Well, you know, a perfect example you know, and I know you don't want to go too far on this, but like for me, stepping up meant actually stepping up to the plate of like that mission of like solving that problem sure. and actually like stop procrastinating, stop questioning myself, stop doubting myself, stop worrying about what people are going to think, all these egoic things that had mm-hmm. nothing to do with my core. Right. Mm. And so I had to finally step up as a man and say, just put my foot down, you know, and be assertive. Most of my life, I was not very assertive. The only place I could be assertive 
was football. on the sports field. Football. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Only right. place. Mm. You know, because it was it was also celebrated to be massively assertive and passionate and dominant, right? Right. right. So I had to find some way to like pull that out of myself in the real world. And as a lot of men share, you know, we're a little bit afraid of our anger. A lot of men are afraid of their anger because they've hurt people in the past or they've, that anger has been used in a way that's dominated instead of being just assertive, they've dominated or they've manipulated or they've lashed out. And so the idea of using their anger or tapping into their emotional state as fuel is like so foreign to them because it's like i i just feel numb i haven't felt anger in forever i don't let that stuff get to me anymore right but there's a there's a whole well of emotion in there that guys are holding on to right and there's a whole well of passion because the thing is about anger and this this will get to man up we're, we're gonna get there like okay. This, there's this well of passion when, when we don't access and talk about our emotional experience. Um, it just stays there. It just lays dormant. And you, you see guys like, you know, like you see like guys like literally tighten up, their heart kind of closes up and they, they, they like their body shifts, their body language shifts. That's stuck emotion in their body that hasn't been processed, hasn't been felt in years or ages. And by the way, the anger that they're feeling is not anger. Anger is just the surface emotion. It's that secondary emotion to the core emotion, which is usually one of three things, a sense of shame or guilt in things that they've done or they haven't done. It's a sense of fear, anxiety, worry, concern, fear of missing out, fear of rejection, fear of all these different things, right? And sadness, pain, loss, grief unprocessed oh. wounds, right. right? So much of it is usually from childhood. So much of it has been built upon from childhood because of those old ways of operating. It, it just exponentially, you know, it's like, uh, it just exponentially grows when you don't address it. And so what's cool about that is that there's pain, shame, sadness, fear that shows up as anger, we store it away. That's like fuel. Like that is literally like jet fuel that you could pour into any passion, any purpose, any mission that you have in the world. And so what I believe manning up really is, is tapping into that store of energy, letting it out, finding meaningful ways to process it and understand it and let it be your jet fuel in what you want to do. And by the way, you will probably find your passion, your purpose, your, your, you know, need to be through understanding those things, through understanding your past. Because for instance, my purpose, the reason why the concussion crisis stuck out to me was because of my past. Mm. I was an athlete. I had had concussions. I had I had had so many head-to-head, -head, you know, collisions that never got talked about, never got addressed, and I was pissed. I'm like, you mm. guys have been lying to us this whole time. Right. I have friends over there. Like, I have two former teammates I played with in this All-Star game. Two years later, they took their lives. Wow. Right. Like, it's like now it's personal. You know, wow. it's like this is messed up. 
Wow. What I saw was what I saw in those guys, what I see in Aaron Hernandez's eyes when he was alive, when I see in Junior Seau's eyes when he was alive, is a hurt little boy that was never loved the way that he wanted to be loved as a kid. And instead of finding love, finding self-acceptance, finding his core as a man, he instead found validation and love and appreciation in the things that he could do with his body. It's not much different than a lot of women that find, you know, end up having OnlyFans accounts and, right, like selling their bodies in different ways. We have the same thing as men. It's just a little different. Selling our souls to something else outside of us. And so to man up, man, it means exactly like you said, it means step up, open up, and man up to your mission. Like man up and step up to what you're currently experiencing, what you've, all the shadows in your life, all the things that have been holding you back, all the, you know, skeletons in your closet. Right. Because in those are not just like your vulnerabilities or your authenticity, you know, it's, it's your fuel, bro. Like, right. And when you tap into that, you tap into everything else. There's no filter on emotions. Like we can't pick out just the joyful ones to pull out of our tank and be like, oh, I'm feeling joyful today. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I choose this one. No, like we have, we have an ego, we have responses and we, we drum up negative emotions, whether you want to believe it or not, you're always going to have negative emotions. You can be as emotional intelligent as you want. You're going to be rejected. You're going to be let down. You're going to have attachment. You can't be fully, you can't be a freaking angel, you know? So everyone's going to have negative emotions. And if you continue to stuff down that anger, sadness, fear, rejection, you're also stuffing down all the joy and passion and fulfillment and love that you have to offer the world. So don't think you can, don't think for a second, you can just filter out the bad and filter in the good. Like that's not how it works. You have to open yourself up to the full experience. Mm. You have to experience the highs of a beautiful relationship and the lows of the breakup. Like that's what wow. being human's all about, bro. Right. That's what living inspired is. I love that, man. Wow. Lots of lots of digest there. But my mind immediately went to emotional intelligence. You even said it, right? Because that's that's really what we're talking about now. Now we're now we're talking about how to be aware of our emotions. And I want this to be relatable for men and women too, like anybody, like the it, human condition. It right? does. I have so many women that that comment on my posts and they're like, yeah, and women and women. And right, women. right, right, right. No, but I, but I do want to so acknowledge true. that I do want to acknowledge that you are um, you're you're basically saying I as a man, like because because as men, it's difficult for us sometimes to do all this stuff that we're talking about. This is hard work. You yeah. know, we, we were we were raised to like suppress all this stuff. I was and I mean me personally, I had a, a, a beautiful upbringing. Thank you so much, mom and dad. Um, but I know a lot of my friends, a lot of my male friends, a lot of this stuff was suppressed. Don't talk about it. Shut up and play right now in the media. You hear that shut up and dribble, you know, just do your, you know, but, right. but this is important stuff, man, this emotional intelligence. Let's, let's do a little bit more dive, deep dive on that. Because for me, this is really interesting because going back to the whole um, spiritual stuff and Abraham stuff. Um, your emotions are your superpowers. Someone told me one time, Hugh, um, (laughs) they said, Hey, you're, you're, you're pretty sensitive, aren't you? You know? And and back then I was like, 
I guess. Yeah. But if you're not, uh, why, why wouldn't you want to be sensitive? Why wouldn't, why is that a negative? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not sensitive, that means you're not using your senses. That's the, that's where my mind is. <laughs> yes, right. right? Like you're suppressing your own yeah. senses. And so I think it's yeah. a superpower to be sensitive. I think it's a superpower to feel all the feels right. like you just mentioned. I think yeah. that's great. And I think the more in emotionally intelligent we can be, the more aware we can be when we are in these emotions and how we can use them to manifest and right. do the things we want to do and have the experiences we want to have. Because right. even at the end of the day, if even if the manifestation that we want is the championship or is the million dollars or the relationship, whatever that thing is, it's how we want to feel right. when we have those things. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. 100%. So how can we, so, so knowing that and being aware of this intelligence, how can we tap into those feelings prior to the manifestations? How can we, how can we think, man, it's going to feel so good when I have that next relationship. This is how I want it to feel and tap into that feeling. How, how can we tap into, Ooh, it's going to feel so good to be a champion. How can, how can we tap into that feeling prior to doing the work so that when we do the work, we're focused on the feeling of how it's going to feel. Yeah. Man, that's a, that's a really great question, and I, I think the how most people address that question is it's a little unrelatable to me and uh, to a lot of people. It's like just just write it down, visualize it, and start to feel like it's real, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is, um, if you can do that, more props to you. It's tough. You know? it's, it's hard. It's it's really tough, man. Right, right. Like true confidence and true belief in ourselves comes from evidence. Right, <laughs> right. You know, right. Like, I know that's true. You know, like so. So the the best advice I have and the best I've I've used is reflect on and go back to the moments where you felt like you were on fire like you had the evidence mm -hmm. you know that you have this inner core that will come out with practice right so i take athletes back to like their pinnacle moment their pinnacle mm -hmm. time you know i take them winning back a title like, yeah it's usually like they take a risk they trust their intuition just like that pick six that i had in the gator bowl mm -hmm. and that was a big deal because that was the longest bowl game losing streak in history of college football. Wow. We had lost the most bowl. Like we hadn't won a bowl game in 64 years. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. That was, yeah. So that was the third play of the game. And I'm out there trying to just have a game. It's my last game, in my career, probably. It ended up being, and I'm out there third play and something in my gut just tells me this guy's about to throw a screen pass over to the right. And I should just run over there. And I pick it and I run back like 40 yards and like that kicked off the game to us finally winning our first bowl game and breaking that streak. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go Q. And then you dove into the end zone too. I like that. <laughs> right. Right. And so what I do with, with, with athletes is, you know, and anybody can relate to this man, woman, anybody in your life, you've had a moment already where you've been in flow, right? And you asked about flow earlier, like how do mm -hmm. we tap in, how we tap into flow. Flow happens by seeing an opportunity and actually taking action. So it doesn't come from just like thinking or um, writing something down or having some big aha breakthrough. No, it actually comes from 
taking action on that doing let's go come doing on this thing that you are avoiding right like addressing that conversation that you need to have sharing those emotions that you need to get off your chest right actually taking the action um and you're gonna feel it in your nervous system come you're, on. Gonna, you're gonna be freaking shaken you know what i mean like you're gonna feel that kind of fight flight freeze reaction in your spine when you go and do that thing and afterwards but you're gonna feel so lit up afterwards you're gonna feel like that's that's how it works it's how we find flow is you have to stretch yourself it's scientifically shown you see an opportunity just like i did like you know i saw that quarterback i saw his eyes going that way i'm like that's weird i see this guy trying to cup lock me i push him down and i have a choice to either go after the quarterback or go over here and I see the opportunity, right? And I'm like, I, I could take a risk right now, you know? Like, <laughs> and my coach would have been in my ear, like if I didn't make that play, cause I was in the wrong place, but I, wrong place. I trusted my intuition and I went out there and it worked. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, we can't take huge astronomical risks. You can't tell yourself, you know, today I have a net worth of zero and tomorrow I want to be a millionaire. That should just, it just doesn't work. Like maybe you can, maybe, maybe you've manifested that in the past. Maybe that's your stretch, right? For, for right now. But for most people, that would be like a hundred percent stretch outside their comfort zone to right, reach right, that right, kind right. of result. Right. Yeah, and that's not healthy. That's not useful for most people, but everyone needs to find what their 4% is. 4% scientifically is shown to be the amount that we need to stretch ourselves outside of our comfort zone to find flow. Mm. So even five or 10% is too much because you can create unconscious resistance because you can go after a huge goal and be like, today I'm going to sell, you know, a million tickets to my business or something like that. You know, you fail, mm. you fail nine times out of 10 on that. Right? Like, and so, we have to set the bar. We have to set the field goal post in a, in a reasonable place. You would never go into the gym and put an extra hundred pounds on the barbell and try to, try to, you know, bench press. Right, right, right. No, I got right? you. Yeah, yeah, you would yeah. put 4% on each time, 4% right. more. 4%. So I like that. That's so cool. The same thing happens in our emotional intelligence and what we do with our life. And so if, if today, Aaron, or anybody listening to this episode, you learn something about yourself, you learn something about an area of your life that you want to move forward that isn't working, right? Or an area of your life that you want to celebrate more and bring more into, then my invitation to you is actually take a 4% risk today. Not tomorrow, like not next week. Take it today. I like when, that. You, when you hit pause on this episode, go and do it. Go call that person, right? Go do that thing. I like that a lot, Q. You know what that reminds me of, man? I got, cause I, you can see me getting fired up over here. Yep. Bold action. Yeah. Right. I got a chapter on this in the book, bold action. It makes me fired up to think about this, right? Cause you, here's, here's where I want to go with this, right? You do the calibration work, you get quiet, you remember who you really are, right? You, then you do the emotional intelligence work, right? How do I want to feel? Where am I going? What's my trajectory? And then when you're ready, you take bold action, right? And that to me fires me up because I'm like, 
I, I like that idea of 4% because I'm like, I'm going to do something a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to take that action. Right. Right. And right. that's that you're right. That's where things start to happen. Mm -hmm. You put yourself out there and you mentioned failure. Even if you fail, I'm, I'm actually okay with failure. Failure right. is part of success. Right. You know, my roommate, uh, Al Brown, he, he's a, um, he's a soccer coach champion and he always, his, one of his things and, and personal trainer, his, one of his things is fail better, yeah. fail better. Yeah. Right. If you put that weight on the bar and you don't get it, that's okay. You right. you're going for it. Allow yourself to go for it. So I'm fired up on this idea of bold action because mm -hmm. Taking action is one thing, but being bold in your pursuit of that action, even if it's a phone call to someone, that's bold action, right? I want you to take that and run with that and however you want to do that. What does that mean to you? Bold action. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And what's cool about that is, you know, what's on the other side of bold action and the likelihood of success is much higher when you're taking it at 4%, right? It's not like nine times out of 10, you're going to fail. It's more like one time out of 10, you're going to, you're going to fail, right? But you're going to learn from that failure. And the, the other nine, the nine times out of 10, where you succeed at 4%, like that's where you build momentum, right? Right. Like right. That's, that's where you start to build trust in, man, when I see something and I see an opportunity, I take a risk on it, it works out. Momentum too. Yeah. Yeah, momentum. Bro. That's how you build yeah. momentum. That's how this creates a cyclical Let's go. upward spiral. Yeah. And to me, that's inspired living, right? When you're surrounded by momentum uh, or you're creating momentum for yourself, you're creating energy and then it's, things flow, man. Now you're tapping in, you're tapping in, you're tapping in. Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing that right now, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with a lot of people who are just wanting to talk about this stuff and it's momentum and it makes me want to take more bold action. And it's just like this, this snowball effect. And it's really mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. you know it's like we're back in the beginning man we're listening to that that music that outcast <laughs> let's, let's go <laughs> q man we could talk for hours but um i want to start to wrap it up i want to allow you to talk about some of your programs um talk about beyond sports uh the wheelhouse retreat and any other offerings that you want to mention yeah man i mean so I'm a coach. Um, that's like the highest value offering that I can create. Like a, it's a private coaching, but I'm actually way more passionate about serving people like in group environments. And so I've put together several group containers and experiences, whether you're an athlete that's trying to figure out like what your purpose is beyond sports, really hammer down on like the intangibles outside of sports and probably show up as a better athlete, but more, more so just as a more prepared human being. That's mm -hmm. called Beyond Sports. And you can find that. All this stuff is in my Instagram, in my bio. I have like a whole like link tree thing. So yep. that's listed there. It's called Beyond Sports. And that's actually like practically free. It, it's it's probably always going to be almost free, if not free. It's right free right now. That's cool um, that you do that, man. That's cool. Yeah. It's it's funded through a nonprofit called um, Athlete Soul, which I'm going to invite you to their event. Cool. Um, and um, so I'm really grateful for that partnership uh, because athletes, it's necessary work. Um, the second piece is, um, when it comes to men, I work with, um, male current and former athletes in a group environment. I get guys back in that locker room. Um, that's called wheelhouse. That's, um, that's coming up again in February. So we do that every three months these days. Um, I also run men's groups. If you're just a man out there who wants to connect with, um, your sense of purpose, your, your core identity, all the things we talked about today, and you want to you know, balance and flex your masculine and feminine. 
there's a couple ways you can you can do that with me. Um, one is called the 5050 Men's Mastermind. Um, it's a monthly um, community and brotherhood where we get together once a month and we talk about um, ways to be a better man and, and really get honest and open. Um, if you want to take that a, a level further, you can join my men's group. I have something called the Man Up Men's Group, and that is uh, a weekly meeting of guys that are really committed to growing and showing up for the, their lives and themselves and others every single week. Um, so through that, you get to be coached by me and led by me in an intimate environment. And, you know, we cut out the beer in sports and we really get down to like what really makes you tick as a man and practice those emotional intelligence practices, um, give you some tools. Guys that are in this program, like they, they get in for three months, they stay for six and <laughs> they, they, you know, they feel way more present, way more confident, way more grounded in their sense of what a man is and who they are as a man. So um, could not recommend it anymore. Um, it's, it's been so much fun to lead those groups. Very cool, man. Very cool. I'm real proud of you. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to uh, do a podcast and a book because you have so much to offer, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. But yeah, um, yeah if, if for all the listeners, I will link all those things on this podcast when it's published. And if you if if you're not interested in any of those programs, but you you still want to get some more of Q, uh, just follow him on on IG because again, your IG is fire, man. Really <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. And and I, I should have mentioned there's also a bunch of free resources on there too. Like jump yeah. on my newsletter. I send out a weekly newsletter with men's tips, athlete tips. Also, um, I have some recorded meditations on there. Cool. Um, some three free meditations. Yeah, just cool. just go on there and find something that that sits with you. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Q, this was fire, bro. This was great. A lot I of really fun, bro. Yeah, I really appreciate you. And um, don't go anywhere. But for all the listeners out there, thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. If you uh, resonated with any of this stuff, I want to hear from you. Just reach back out to me. Um, and also, please subscribe, like, and share. Much love. Much love. Stay inspired, everybody.